It's time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, on a beautiful day. Okay, it was minus 5 degrees when I got up this morning, and I was in the car. It was cold enough where the electronic systems in the Subaru Outback that I'm driving this week, which we'll do a review on in just a bit, didn't work because the temperatures were so cold. And a little warning came up, due to temperature... That's how cold it is out. It was minus 5 degrees. And what? A nor'easter's coming. So, big blizzard. Stay home. Watch out. But, don't forget to take care of your car. And one of the most important things in cold weather, in hot weather too, but in cold weather, is the oil. We think about antifreeze engine coolant to keep a car from um, freezing in the wintertime, but also you need good lubrication in the wintertime. And uh, with us on the phone is um, Felix Roos. He is from Valvoline. And Valvoline just came out with, or didn't just come out, but Valvoline has a new oil and a full synthetic high mileage motor oil, and I wanted to talk to him about that. Felix, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor Program here in Boston. Good morning, John. Glad to, have, glad to be here. Glad you're having me on. Yeah, bring a sweater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when it, comes to, when it comes to, there's probably not much more important to an engine than the engine oil. And uh, synthetic oil has started to get to be pretty popular today. And uh, Valvoline certainly is an oil company that's been around for a long time, right? Yeah, we like um, consumers that remind us we've actually been around since the very beginning. We were the first brand of motor oil uh, in the United States. Uh, I guess debatably around the world. So, um, yeah, we've, we've been doing this for quite a while and the brand is now going to be coming up on next year, actually, 150 years. Wow! Under the hood. Wow, that's a long. That's a, that's you. You wouldn't think there was enough stuff to lubricate that long ago. I know. I, I think consumers. I've actually fielded calls personally from folks questioning whether we were lubricating cars back then because there's no way you were doing cars. And we're like, well, actually, no. We were. We started out doing steam engines and, um, you know, even industrial grade things like. Sewing machines. Yeah, um, when you go back in the history, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So yeah, we've been around lubricating all kinds of motors. Yeah, and let's talk about um, high mileage motor oil. When I first heard about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's another marketing. You know that was that that was created in the marketing department, not in the uh, not in the engineering department. But I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, actually, Valvoline uh, introduced the first motor, uh, high mileage motor oil. Uh, and, and, and talking with enge- our engineers, uh, where it came from was they started as they were breaking down engines and doing the work that they do in our engine lab. Uh, they noticed uh, that the, that older engines had very similar um, issues as they as they age, right? So um, whether you're talking about more leaking, you know, deposits showing up, sludge and friction, those things started to be very consistent across the board. So as you as you can imagine, as you get older, that stuff really builds up and. 
although motor oils do a great job of keeping a, a engine lubricated, lubricated uh, and trying to keep the wear down, um, they noticed that they weren't cleaning um, the engine as well as they possibly could, as well as really trying to address the leaking issue, right, that mm. a lot of older engines start to see. Uh, and the source of that really comes from uh, aging seals, right? So as the seals age, they start to become more brittle, and uh, that hardening of the seals, for, you know, starts to then shrink that, that seal down and allow for oil to get out. So um, added some seal conditioners in there that actually restore those seals, uh, helps them to go back to their original form, um, or at least close to it, and prevent a lot of leaks, but also added more detergents to, again, dress a lot of that buildup and um, sludge and, and things of that nature. So there is a real benefit to high-mileage oils, and um, consumers who use it probably will tell you um, they've gotten some pretty strong results from it. Yeah. No, it's uh, – uh, and synthetic oil in general, too. I mean, people – People sometimes get a little concerned about synthetic oil because of old rumors that were around years ago that, oh, if you use synthetic oil, the engine's going to suddenly leak oil, or if you use synthetic oil and you decide you don't want to use synthetic oil anymore, it's like a drug to the engine and the engine's going to fall apart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but none of those things are true, right? Right. I mean, I, I, think, cause, I think drivers and the folks who are used to working on their cars in years past, so older engines, you had some real concerns about uh, switching back and forth because, again, the engine technology is a lot different. Um, you know, and motor oil technology has changed a lot, too, with, with just standards changing every 7 to 10 years, which most folks don't really know that that happens, but they're constantly being updated. They're constantly looking at engine technology and adapting the oil to meet those needs. And so as that's happened, you know, synthetics come along to really address what, you know, car manufacturers need to really help them get higher mileage out of the cars, for example. Mm. So the United States really pushing hard on on, on uh, fuel um, mileage. Uh, they need better oil to actually help those engines uh, to meet those specifications. So um, synthetics really help address that. But you can go back and forth because the quality of conventional oils has, has increased over the years as well. And so that, that really is something that consumers shouldn't feel... Um, is an issue anymore. You can go back and forth. It's not going to do anything to your engine. Um, I will say, just make sure you're, you're putting a really good grade of oil in your mm -hmm. vehicle um, or a good type of oil. Uh, not all oils are created equally. I think that's important that people make sure they're looking at the label, that they see, you know, American Petroleum Institute, the Starburst there. Um, you're seeing the different certifications from ILSAC, for example, um, which is and I want to make sure I get it right, because that's a mouthful. The yeah. International Lubricant Standardization and Approval Committee. Say that five times. But, you know, ILSAC is something you'll see on there. But those are all types of industry certifications that, again, not all motor oils take the time to get. Uh, and you really want to make sure you're getting you're getting the very best of, of testing um, of motor oil. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And a real good point you made about... Uh, the automotive technology is changing, and the oils have to keep up with it, which is why you you know you might have five quarts of oil that 's been sitting on a shelf in your garage for fifteen years, and you're like hey it 's ten thirty my car takes ten thirty I can put that in, but in fact, on a new car, that could be a mistake yeah that's that's an excellent point. I think we get the questions all the time. Hey, does motor oil expire you know if I have this you know older oil and mm. you know our our standard response there really is that now you can actually it doesn't expire i mean you may actually want to shake it up because the additive packages that are in those oils um, may have sort of 
drifted to the bottom over the years, so you want to shake that bottle up. But the thing you're not getting is the newest, um, you know, the, the oil that meets today's specifications, right? So um, you're probably putting an inferior oil in your car because that oil is just not as good. It's been, again, improved over the years. So. Yeah, it really, there really is a, a difference in the, in the oil, and you can kind of see it just when you pour it out of the bottle. But you, you mentioned compatibility, and GM has come up with some compatibility standards. Um, and it for a while there, it was like it almost seemed like the only place you could buy oil for your General Motors car was from a GM dealer. But uh, you guys have your oil matching the Dexos, I guess it's the terminology, standard now, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's important that, that consumers know that, that we met those standards before, but I think what's a, what the difference was that GM now, you know, requires you to go through their testing process, which is rigorous. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's very specific um, to their vehicles, and, and we're proud to say that we meet those standards and that consumers can feel comfortable buying our oil because we've gone through their specific um, testing process. So, yeah, I mean, we have it now. You'll see it on our bottles. Um, and Again, we're we're proud of that and being able to work with GM specifically to make sure that all that a lot of our oils are are able to be put in their cars. Yeah, and when it comes to synthetic oil, is there different types of synthetic oil? Is there synthetic oil that's made in a laboratory and synthetic oil that's made <laughs> you know made from old dinosaur parts? No, you know, I think we get this question a lot too. So synthetic doesn't necessarily mean that it. Well, it doesn't mean that it's it's. Um, sort of made from something false, and it's all oil. Oil is oil. It's just the type of oil that you're talking about, the quality of the base stock. And I don't want to get too technical, but it's sort of the, the higher the, the quality of the base stock, um, that is what differentiates the different types of oil. Mm-hmm. Right? So synthetic really is the highest grade of base oil that there is, um, and it really provides better protection for consumers. Um, you, you guys were just talking about, you were just talking about the, the weather. Um, synthetic motor oils are, are best in cold weather conditions or extreme weather conditions. You get better cold start um, with, with the synthetic. Um, so, so things like that are very important. But I think in terms of your, your original question, the other differences, um, you know, we have a, a full line of full synthetic products of Valvoline. Um, we have, obviously, the product that we wanted to talk about, Valvoline full synthetic high mileage with the Maxlife technology. But we also have our base scent power product, which has been on the market for quite a while. Um, but we also have racing line, right? So we have VR1, which is a very popular um, racing oil for folks who are doing sort of more basic types of racing mm-hmm. applications. And then we just introduced a new line um, called our Pro-V racing line. People, It's really a product of us working with our NASCAR partners, Hendrick Motorsports and so forth, and coming up with a line of products that now can, uh, a driver can buy directly from Valvoline, who likes to seriously race. So we have that, and that's a full synthetic product. And then, you know, we have um, our, our recycled oils, which we introduced a number of years ago, our next-gen products. Um, so those are made from re-refined oil. So there's, there's a, a number of ways you can look at synthetic. But, but consumers also probably have seen synthetic blends or what they call semi-synthetics, which are sort of a mixture of, a, of that high-quality synthetic with a um, maybe a, a, a group one. I don't want to get too technical, but, but mm. sort of a conventional base oil, right? So... So that base oil is sort of blended together so that you get some of the benefits of synthetic um, without necessarily the full cost. Yeah, it so, it yeah. is certainly oil. I mean, it sounds simple, but on the other hand, it's it's complicated, but it's important. And I and I will admit, I was not a big believer in synthetic oil 
until, and I'll be honest, someone sent me a case of synthetic oil. And I'm like, okay. eh, you know, and what I do, I put it in my wife's car. Because, you know, why not? You know? <laughs> right. and, and I noticed that in her car, and it, was a, it happened to be a Volkswagen at the time, that on really cold winter days, the car seemed to start easier. It sounded quieter. Um, and it just, the, overall, you noticed a difference in the way the car performed versus conventional oil and not that the conventional oil was you know wasn't good but you notice that the car just tended to i noticed especially on a really cold day it cranked over a little bit easier and it sounded a little bit quieter when it started and that was enough for me to start to say you know what i think i'm going to use it in both of our cars and maybe you know sneak that oil change out a little bit further and get a little away from that 3000 mile oil change and you know push push it just a bit haven't haven't had a problem and of course never exceed the maximum but uh but have had no problems with it at all and i think you know some people look at the cost of synthetic but if you look at how often you change it uh it, the money can actually make sense yeah i mean i think with a full synthetic motor oil you're definitely able to um, see a bit of more of a, an extended drain. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you're right, and I think that cost-benefit analysis is something you know, that every driver should do. Um, you know, we still recommend that, that consumers really pay attention to um, their driving right. behavior. You know, it's interesting because uh, everyone looks at the label and says, "Well, it says for if you're an aggressive driver or you do extreme driving, um, you know that that you really want to make sure you watch the interval." Um, some will promise thousands and thousands of mm. miles between oil changes. But you really just have to be mindful of how you drive. And the interesting point, there was research to show that 90% of consumers actually drive sort of extreme driving or, you know, because if you're doing a lot of stop and start driving, you're putting a lot of wear and tear on your car. So even though you may think, well, I only drive about five minutes to work, you have to really look at how many times you have to start and stop. How many lights are you going through stop signs? Because that's really where you're putting a lot of the stress on the engine. If you're just doing a straight highway drive and you're telling me you're only driving five five minutes, then I'd say, well, well, then you're probably not doing a whole lot yeah. for your engine. Uh, so it really behooves, you know, drivers to really think about, well, you know, am I doing a lot of stop and starting? Am I in colder weather all the time? Or am I in, you know, more intense heat um, so that I can put the right oil in my car? Yeah, it, synthetics it, will give you better benefits. Yeah, it it really is. And uh, before I let you go, two two questions, I guess. One that I hear a lot from people is, well, I you know I'm trying to save a little bit of, bit of money. I go to a big box store like Walmart. I see the Volvo. I see the uh, Valvoline product on the shelf. It's you know several dollars cheaper than the auto parts uh, store down the street. But I know it's not the same product as the regular auto parts store sells. Uh, not much truth in that, is there? No. Um, we're, we're very happy to dispel that rumor um, because uh, we can happily say at Valvoline that, that no matter where you buy your Valvoline products, you're getting the same oil. So whether it's at AutoZone or, or Walmart or Napa, um, you're getting the same Valvoline motor oil if it's in that bottle. Mm. And uh, the, the uh, website, seeadifference.com, uh, tell me about Jimmy the Scientist. <laughs> right, so we partnered with Jimmy Johnson, uh, champion NASCAR racer, um, who um, basically has Valvoline under the hood, the entire team there at Hendricks Motorsports. Um, so we partnered with him to really help DIYers, 
understand that there is a difference in motor oil. Um, we've been able to actually test um, our product versus other competitors and show that there's a real difference in the technology and what, what ultimately leads to better performance um, of our motor oil versus theirs. So we really encourage consumers to go to steadifference.com because I think there's a belief that all motor oil is, mo- is motor oil. Right? It's all the same. Um, you know, if it meets those specifications, if it has that API as we talked about, mm-hmm. American Petroleum Institute and the ILSAC stuff, then it's all good. And there's no real differences. And there are differences beyond those specifications. And, and different brands put either more technology in their oil at less, more additives in their in their uh, package to, to help provide better protection. And so if you go there, you will really see uh, some of the technology. For those who are tech geeks like me, you know, you can look at actually some videos and Jimmy talks about it because he says, hey, you know, in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, I'm a scientist and we think that uh, everyone's a bit of a scientist when they care about their car and they want to see what's going in it. Um, so he does it in a, in a very uh, entertaining way, talks about differences between things, not just motor oil. Um, so I would encourage folks to go check it out. It's pretty, it's got some, some real humor to it. So. Hey, Felix, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning. Don't forget to buy a loved one a Valentine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or, or you, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. Or at least, or at least, put a bow on a quart of oil or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye bye now. That's Felix Roos. He's uh, from Valvoline, telling us about uh, the latest in Valvoline products. And uh, hope you learned a little bit about the Valvoline and their high mileage oil. And check out the website seeadifference.com with uh, Jimmy the scientist, Jimmy Johnson the scientist. Hmm. Worth taking a look at, I think. We need to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We will be back in about two minutes. This is Carol Howley-Simmons, General Sales Manager of Salem Communications, Boston. WROL Irish 950 will soon celebrate 50 years on the Boston Airwaves, and that's an incredible milestone. A half century ago, the Irish Hour filled a huge weekly need for Irish immigrants around Boston to get a taste of home through songs and stories. But what was really happening was that one generation of mighty Irish immigrants was infusing rich Irish culture, music, and history into the lives of their children every weekend right up to this very weekend all made possible because of the strong support of our advertisers like the irish immigrants of boston over these 50 years wrol irish 950 is mighty and its reaches are broad and your business can be a part of it learn more by calling me at 617-691-2526 WROL Irish 950 proudly makes history every Irish weekend. Come make it with us. South Boston Catholic Academy is an urban elementary school serving 300 students preschool through grade 6. They instill the gospel values of Jesus Christ while creating a family-based atmosphere and achieving academic excellence. Being located on East Broadway in South Boston makes South Boston Catholic Academy an ideal choice for working families in and around the Boston community. Take a listen to what Principal Nancy Carr has to say. Children come into the school as early as 7.15 and are at school until 5.00. 
5.30 to help those families who are working in downtown Boston or in the seaport area and surrounding areas to be able to have the opportunity to drop off their children for everything that South Boston Catholic has to offer and then pick them up at the end of their workday. Be sure to find out more today. Hi, I'm Nancy Carr, the proud principal of South Boston Catholic Academy. I would love to extend the invitation to take a tour of our school. You can give us a call at 617-268-2326 or visit our website at sbcatholicacademy.org to schedule a tour. Hello, this is Gary Jafarian, CEO of Jafarian Volvo Toyota, encouraging you to get informed and stay informed. Sign up for the weekly Ask Gary blog on jafarian.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. If you would like uh, some tickets to the AAA Travel Marketplace, we still have a few left. Uh, that's going to be taking place March 6th through the 8th at Gillette Stadium. They play football there at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Super Bowl football. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, but it's going to be taking place uh, March 6th through the 8th at Gillette. It's going to be at the Putnam Club East. Free parking. And it's going to take place March uh, 6th, 2 to 8, March 7th, 10 to 7, uh, and March 8th, 10 to 5. To find out more about it, go to AAA.com forward slash marketplace, and you can find out more about it. But I have some tickets to give away. To get tickets, all you have to do is give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and Kristen will take down your name and address. And we'll get, you, we'll get you some tickets in the mail. People who called in last week should have gotten their tickets by now. Our buddy Steve from Boston should have got his book, The Art of the Corvette. And the runner-up book was actually a pretty good book, too. And that actually went to a podcast listener from Baltimore, Maryland. And I put that book in the mail as well. And it was a, kind of a life of Mario Andretti. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty interesting book. And I honestly had forgotten I had it. So... Um, and we'll be doing trivia a little bit later today, too. So, Well, if you own a Land Rover or Jaguar, well, 104,000 of those are going to get recalled. Land Rover and Jaguar is recalling 104,000 vehicles because of problems with the brakes and the lights. The largest recall involves a brake hose issue on the Jaguar Land Rover. Um, the Jaguar Land Rover North America studied and dismissed only to reopen after an accident. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration issued recall notices on Friday. The safety agency said that the uh, uh, company will recall 74,000 Range Rovers because one or both of the front brake hoses could rupture, causing a loss of fluid. Land Rover dealers will replace brake hoses on free on the cars, which are model years 2006 to 2012. And under the bad things to do on Valentine's Day... And this is, I, I don't remember where I got this article. It says, don't cheat on your wife. Just don't do it. It's wrong. It's hurtful. And that's not justification enough. It may result in the demise of your supercar. That's exactly the case of one unlucky owner of a red Audi R8. After being caught cheating on his wife, the guy's uh, car 
caught the brunt of the resulting fury, and apparently she was furious, as reported by the magazine GT Spirit. Photos surfaced on social media showing the car's engine cover glass smashed in, angry writing scratched into the paint, a demolished interior, almost no aspect of the car escaped unscathed except for the steering wheel. It says, uh, perhaps the poetry here is the visual representation of a broken relationship, but all we can see right now is a car, a great car brought low by a combination of stupidity and wrath. So. Really? And they want to talk to me, too? They don't have to talk to me. They could just get the tickets. But that's okay. We can say hello. Hi there, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi there. Did you want tickets to the uh, travel yes, show? Yes, I did. So all you, it, It's just that easy. All you have to do, we'll put you back on hold, and Kristen will get your name and address. We'll mail yeah. it out to you. Okay, okay. Thank you, Doc. All right, sure thing. Uh, okay, bye. Yep. An interesting story from, I actually pulled it off of um, Herb Chambers' website. And it says, and President's Day is coming up. It says, President's Day sales events, hype or the real deal? And it says, I'm often asked this question, so I thought I would share my answer with all of you in the, in the newsletter. And it says, and this is actually from an article that uh, Pete DeMarco, uh, who writes for the Boston Globe, did. The idea, according, and I didn't know this, the idea, according to many, was the brainchild of Alvin Fuller, who was born in Charlestown, grew up in Malden. Uh, Fuller was perhaps the best remembered for his tenure as Massachusetts 52nd governor. But long before his career in politics, Fuller was just an enterprising teenager selling bicycles out of his backyard barn on Cross Street in Malden. As early as 1897, he was hyping Washington's birthday as a great time to come and buy bikes, hanging aside outside a shop that read, Come in, it's, a, it's open house, according to the Boston Globe story printed in 1964. When he transitioned to selling cars a few years later, Fuller again used Washington's birthday, a holiday wasn't called President's Day until 1971, as a sales hook. He said to himself, if it worked for bicycle business, uh, it's going to work in the car business, said Fuller's grandson, Peter Fuller Jr., who followed both his grandfather and father, Peter, into the auto sales. So while the event is known for starting in Boston today, it's a nationwide phenomenon. It says, why, um, why is it for real? Uh, part of the answer is the huge amount of sales volume. Think about it. An incredible short period of time will help people buy an incredible number of vehicles our expense structure, salaries, utilities, mortgage payments, et cetera, stay, stay the same, extremely thin profit margin, and still keep our heads above water. The other reason it is for real is that in recent years, manufacturers have gotten into the game by offering tremendous incentives during the event to help support their dealers. So you could see financing as low as zero or maybe one or one and a half percent, discounted leases, cash rebates, even dealer incentives. So... One of the things is, and it says here in the article, uh, what to expect. One of the most common complaints people hear from car buyers, it takes too darn long to buy a car or a truck. Don't expect that during President's Day. Even while we try to give you all the time and attention you need, we don't have a lot of extra time to keep you waiting. Your purchase will be fast, clear, and easy. All hands on deck, our entire sales staff and service staff will be working during the event to make it work. And... I was asked about this very same topic and said, well, is Washington's birthday a real sale? And yes and no, it is. They, it's a real sale because like Peter Fuller's great-grand 
father. It was there because nobody was coming in. It was a slow time. And when we had... Uh, when we had Gary Jafarian on a couple weeks ago, we talked about the same thing. He said, yeah, it's not really busy, so, you know, the manufacturers step up, the incentives get better, and we get people into our showrooms. And like he said, exactly what Herb Chambers said, do your homework, know what you want to do. They're going to they're gonna cut as good a deal as they can get because they want to get inventory off the lot, especially in snowy times like this. You don't want to be moving hundreds of cars every time it snows. To the more of them you sell, the better off you are. So, uh, so Washington's birthday, President's Day, is some of it hype? Sure, it is. But can you get a better deal when it's uh, not a good time to buy a car? Sometimes it is a good time to buy a car. Does that make any sense at all? Not. Yeah. Let's let's take a call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Good morning, John. Yes. This is Bill from. Hey, Minnesota. Bill. Um, I got a quick question. The uh, with the cold cars do funny things in cold weather. They do. Um, the I, I have a friend that has a Chevy Sonic. Yeah, a little car. Mm-hmm. And the tranny um, doesn't shift properly. It 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 lingers in the lower gears, if you will, mm-hmm. when it's really cold. And, and I I've had cars that have done this in the past, and I forget what the heck I did. I, I think I changed the uh, fluid and, and filter, but is there any other thing I should be doing to that? On In the Sonic, it may be doing it on purpose. Really? Yeah, because what happens is when it gets hung up in a lower gear like that, it actually warms up the engine and the catalytic converter quicker that lowers the emissions. Uh. So it may purposely keep it hung up in first and second, on purpose, just to warm the car up quicker to keep the emissions lower. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you might have changed the fluid in the filter or maybe even tinkered with there's a, an adjustment on the side of the throttle called a throttle pressure. Correct. Um, yep. Yeah, you might have tinkered with that to get it to shift up a little bit quicker in cold weather. But in a Sonic's a fairly new car, so you wouldn't expect anything really to be wrong with it. So. Right. Chances are, in this cold weather, it's doing that just to try to warm the car up a little bit faster. Oh. The, the other, I just had a comment on the other, when you were talking to the gentleman about oil, how yep. important it is to change the oil. I'm starting to run um, synthetic in, in my snowblower now. Yeah. And uh, that seems to work out pretty well. I mean, at uh, Jeepers Creepers, it was about um, 8 below up here this morning. It's, it's really cold. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, and it's... Um, you know, fortunately, you don't have to use your snowblower at all. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about using I I wasn't sure either, and uh, I bought an old snowblower that needed a little bit of work, and it was an 8-horsepower one, and the oil that was in it, whatever was in it, when I drained it out, I actually put uh, synthetic in it, and I noticed it started, it. you know, you could actually pull start it a lot easier with the synthetic in it than with the conventional oil in it. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. It is good stuff, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's rather on the high side. So. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, but if you pay a little bit more, sometimes you go a little bit longer. And if you, you know, you, you hate to think about seeing thing, things like oil on sale, but, yeah, some of the big box stores, all of a sudden they'll have, you know, $5 off a five-quart five right. jug of it, and then it becomes pretty economical again. Indeed. So, yeah. Indeed. Well, happy Valentine's Day, John. <laughs> Same and, to you, uh, Bill. You all right. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, with gas prices going down and more people buying trucks, well, our buddy Gary Jafarian in his question of the week says yes.
with gas prices uh, lower than they have been, although they've creeped up a little bit, and the inclement weather we've been experienced, the number of trucks um, that they're selling is actually pretty, uh, pretty astounding. Uh, for every eight cars sold in January, there were seven trucks sold. So almost even numbers. You want more information on this topic? Go to the Ask Gary blog at, at jafarian.com. Gary will be on the show once a month. So email me a topic if you, that you would like us to talk about, or you can go to jafarian.com and submit and ask the Gary question. Remember, that's jafarian.com. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, how about a little trivia? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Looking for a unique dining experience that will delight the whole family at a great price? Look no further than Spetta's Brazilian Steakhouse. Spetta's Steakhouse is a Brazilian Rodizio-style restaurant that serves the freshest selection of hand-picked meats daily. Hand-carved from a skewer right at your table. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet that also features a huge selection of hot dishes and salad bar items all at one low price. Top it off with your choice of over 10 home-style desserts and there's something for everyone in the family at Spetta's. Spetta's home-style recipes from Central Brazil have been in the family for over 75 years and everything is made fresh daily. Open seven days a week for dine-in, take-out or catering. Come and enjoy our winter special. Monday through Friday you can buy one Rodizio and get the second half off. Come visit our new location at 35 Independence Avenue in Quincy. Reservations suggested on weekends so visit SpettaSteakhouse.com or call 617-934-1663 today. Good, healthy, homemade Brazilian cuisine for the whole family. Only at Spetta's Steakhouse in Quincy. Hey there, it's Kurt again, your outrageously dependable interstate battery guy. It's been cold, and your battery's been struggling. And be sure it's not getting any better as you ignore it. Think about it. The battery is one of the most underappreciated pieces of equipment in your car. One you should take a minute to check. Otherwise, you and a loved one could end up stuck somewhere that's just not appealing. Get your battery checked today at an outrageously dependable interstate battery dealer. You can find us fast at interstatebatteries.com or call us at 800-649-3662. And remember, always ask for outrageously dependable interstate batteries. Hi, this is Gary Jafarian, CEO of Jafarian Volvo, Toyota, and Haverhill. Have a question about car buying or servicing? All you have to do is ask Gary. Email me a question at askgaryj at gmail.com. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me put... And welcome back to The Car Doctor program. Well, I promised we would do trivia, and I think we will. Name the 1980s General Motors car that started off life as an economical two-seat commuter car and ended up as a sports car. Name the 1980s General Motors car that started life as an economical two-seater commuter car and ended up as a sports car. If you know the answer to this, we will give you... Well, it's actually a pretty good prize. It's a 
uh, emergency tool for your car. It's a it's a flashlight. It's a seatbelt cutter. I don't know. I think it's a compass. It's a whole bunch. It's worth about. I think it's worth like thirty or forty dollars. It's pretty pretty neat little tool. So if you know the answer to that, uh, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Name the nineteen eighties GM car that started off life as an economical two seat commuter and ended up as a sports car. But before we do that, we'll let people call in. I want to talk about the car that got me here today, which is the 2015 Subaru Outback. The latest Subaru Outback has been redesigned for this year. The newest Outback has an upgraded interior, restyled exterior, improved fuel economy, and overall performance. The Outback's available in a standard 2.5 liter, the 2.5 liter i premium, the 2.5 i limited and uh, all of those trim levels come with the 175 horsepower, big surprise, 2.5 liter four-cylinder engine. There is a 3.6 liter six-cylinder engine that develops 256 horsepower. Uh, all versions now use a continually variable transmission. Our test drive was in the premium edition with the 2.5 liter four-cylinder engine. Additional options included eyesight driver assist system with collision Braking system, rear vehicle detection, cross-traffic alert, and lane change assistant. So a lot of warnings that come on that tell you what's going on when you make mistakes. Uh, on the road, the 175-horsepower uh, four-cylinder engine provides decent power and feels slightly more responsive, probably due to the new continually variable transmission. I've had some complaints about this transmission as far as hesitation going from reverse to drive. I didn't notice anything at all. To me, I thought it was fine. But people have told me, they're like, oh, it takes three or four seconds to shift from reverse back into drive. I don't notice that at all. Overall, fuel economy was up slightly with this latest combination returning an estimated 25 city, 33 highway, 28 miles per gallon combined. That's up a couple miles per gallon from previous years. The engine itself is generally quiet, less pushed hard. Then there's a bit of a whine or drone. Those drivers opting for much more uh, powerful V6 engine will see a fuel economy drop to about 20 miles per gallon around town and 27 on the highway. The ride and handling was surprisingly good, even during strong crosswind where some taller vehicles can tend to wander. I wouldn't call the Outback a sporty car, but the overall handling is very predictable. The Outback continues uh, with its 8.7-inch ground clearance, so higher than many SUVs, actually. Uh, like all, nearly all Subaru vehicles, this Outback has all-wheel drive, which has been further enhanced with what Subaru calls X-Mode. X-Mode, uh, when engaged by a switch on the console, adjusts the engine output and transmission gear ratios to optimize the all-wheel drive system. Unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to get to try that in the next day or so. Because what? It's going to snow. Uh, also kind of a, a nice thing is... Uh, if you're somebody who carries a lot of, like, kayaks and bikes and stuff like that, the door sills are actually wider, so you can open the door and stand on it, so you can actually put stuff on the roof without sliding off the edge of the door sill. So they actually kind of thought that through a little bit. The power rear gate has memory height, so if you have a little garage and you, you hit the rear gate button, it doesn't. you can adjust it so it won't come up all the way. Uh, like I said, this latest Subaru is quieter than previous models with very little wind or road noise entering the cabin. The interior of the Outback shows where... The evolution of Subaru models is just a better car all the way around. The latest models have well-crafted, stylish, functional interiors. All the controls are simple uh, and easy to use. Nothing too complicated. The uh, infotainment system 
less navigation. It looks like it should have navigation, but it doesn't. But it has uh, uh, a pretty pretty interesting dash control system with uh, push-button type things with redundant controls on the steering wheels. Another place where I've heard a complaint is the reflection off the glass of the infotainment system. I didn't notice anything. I talked to two people at work that have the same vehicle. Not a complaint from them, but in my column in the Boston Globe, people have written to me and said, oh, the light is so bright, it hits me right in the eyes. It's like someone's shining a bright flashlight. I've told people to try that um, uh, clingy uh, tint for windows. Put that over it. It's staticky. It just sticks on there, and maybe that works. Sort of like the same, like almost like a screensaver you put on a phone. So it might help. There are plenty of cup holders, bins, cubbies, good size uh, center console. Uh, according to the information about the car, the center console is big enough to hold an iPad. Should you want to do that? Uh, plenty of safety technology. Tons of airbags. Optional uh, safety system that uses uh, these stereo cameras mounted up in the windshield. And they actually see the roadway in front of you. And if you forget to stop, it helps you stop. And if you forget to go, it tells you. Ever been waiting at a light? Light changes. You, you're you just kind of like daydreaming. Kristen, you're, never, you're not a daydreamer, right? No. Okay. All of a sudden, it goes beep, 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 and it goes traffic moving. The bottom line, this latest Subaru Outback is certainly one of the best. The interior is high quality, functional, the exterior contemporary and stylish, although the Outback can't match the cargo capacity of some other SUVs. It offers decent fuel economy, better than average off-road ability, and a very comfortable interior. Uh, to buy this very same Subaru that I'm driving, had a base price, manufacturer suggested list price, of $27,895. It had a $1,600 Technology package and with destination delivery, about thirty thousand one hundred and eleven dollars. So what are we doing now? Calls? Want to take calls? All right, let's go to line one. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor program. Hey John, this is Tom calling from. Hey Tom, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. I got a question for you. I have a two thousand four Ford Ranger four by four, and uh, it was left in four wheel drive when we parked it get up in the morning, use the four-wheel drive to get out of the driveway. Yep. And then I go to shift it out of four-wheel drive, and it would not leave. Hmm. Now, it's one of those ones that you can do while you're driving. Yep. And normally I take my foot off the gas and then shift it, and it works. So no matter what I did, you could hear the solenoid click, 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 but nothing would happen hmm. still in 4 by 4 So, And the sad thing was 4 by 4 low. Oh. So at... 20 miles an hour is about 2,800 RPMs, that type of thing. Yeah. So here's what happened. I called my local mechanic, and I mm-hmm. told him the situation. They said, oh, no problem. Don't bring it down. I said, what do you do? He says, uh, get in the car, start it up, put in neutral, and then shift. And then you'll be all set. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, right. Did it work? It worked. Yeah, in a lot of, in a lot of four-wheel drive vehicles, when you're in low... You actually have to shift into neutral first for it to get in or out of low. Sometimes they'll go in, but they won't come out. So you have to go. It's not unusual. In fact, the uh, couple weeks ago, I was driving a Jeep Wrangler, and the only way you could get it out of four-wheel low was you had to shift it into neutral. But I never saw anything in the manual. Yeah. Saying things like that. Yeah. No, it has to do with has to do with how how the transfer case gets into low gear. 
but it worked, right? So oh, it yeah. worked. It's yeah. like, whoa, here I am thinking I have to get on my back, go underneath, get all the snow out of there. It was stuck for some reason or heat up around there. Now, how does that work? The solenoid, does it actually push a gear? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it actually, in the, in the rangers like yours and uh, even the sport tracks a little bit later on, it basically was a manual system with a uh, vacuum-operated solenoid that moved it or an electrically-operated solenoid that moved mm -hmm. it. So even on the ones that were sort of automatic, like in the Explorers, the little bit later Explorers, what they were really doing was they detected wheel slip, and then the, the, the solenoid would apply automatically. So they tended to be a little slow to engage, mm -hmm. but, they, but they worked. So... Uh, they, not as quick as some of the you know some of the newer ones, but yeah, I I mean the good thing is you're you're out of low gear. Oh yeah, it's working yeah. and uh, it didn't cost you anything. Yeah, you know, just make sure I remember my mechanic at Christmas time. Yeah, there you go, or Valentine's Day. It'll take you a little bit weird, but yeah, it's okay. Sorry, you know. tired. He yeah. really loved what he did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I take a guess at the uh, trivia? Sure, go ahead. Chevy Vega. Uh, that would be no, but oh, wow. but good try though. <laughs> All Listen, right. Have a good All right. Take care. All bye right. bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Uh, we need to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. Waxy O'Connor's Irish Puppet Restaurant is the premier Irish pub experience in Greater Boston. With three carefully handcrafted locations in Lexington, Woburn, and Foxborough, Waxy's Pub is the place to be for the best the Irish have to offer in food, drinks, and fun. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day the Waxy's Way. Waxy's Pub in Lexington, Foxborough, and Woburn. St. Jerome Catholic Elementary School has provided a welcoming, safe environment for the children from communities south of Boston since 1957. St. Jerome School makes us feel like I can do anything. Like I'm really helping people that are in need. Proud of everybody in the community. St. Jerome Catholic Elementary School in Weymouth. Traditional education for students aged three years old through grade eight. Call 781-335-1235 or check them out online at stjeromeschoolweymouth.org. Hello, this is Gary Jafarian, CEO of Jafarian Volvo Toyota in Haverhill, Mass. And you are listening to The Car Doctor. Tune in at 9 a.m. the last Saturday of every month to listen to me and John Paul. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Well, with all this talk about Cuba, is Cuba a hidden trove of classic cars? Well, according to Paul Eisenstein, who writes for um, a variety of different places, the, um, apparently it is a rusted hulk of Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Gullwing Coupe found in a uh, Cuban uh, uh, yard just somewhere. Um, anywhere you wander, Cuba, you might feel like you're caught in a time warp. If for no other reason, a steady stream of half-century-old Chevrolet and Fords that dominate uh, the country's roadways. Uh, 
Their automotive equivalent of zombies, suggests Ken Gross, one of America's foremost experts on classic cars. And actually a local North Shore guy, by the way. Uh, they've gone on uh, far longer than they were designed to uh, patch together with uh, bailing wire and anything else that uh, some of the cash-strapped uh, Cuban owners have tried to do. I saw a Ford that was running on diesel with an engine out of a tractor uh, that someone took a picture of, which was kind of interesting. So uh, so who knows what's going to happen as, uh, as trade opens up to Cuba? Who knows? We might... Who knows? We might find a whole bunch of interesting cars there. Let's go wherever Kristen tells us. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hello, John. Hello. Hello. Uh, my brother was there. He was? In Cuba. And they... he found a 58 Pesa convertible. Really? Yes. And uh, he spoke to the gentleman. He can speak Spanish. And uh, they rented out for uh, Sweet 16 parties. That seems to be a big thing. Yeah, well. <clears throat> and... Um, He's a bunch of photos, and uh, interior was redone. It still had the 361 wow. engine in it. Uh, Teletouch was gone. He had a uh, controller on the floor. Yeah. Uh, body solid, but uh, a car worth doing. Yeah. You know? No, I guess there's, I guess there's a lot of that there, right? You know, and uh, you know, so many of those cars get shipped over there because you know, from Miami to Cuba is uh, like going to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, I've seen photos of some uh, high-end cars, uh, oh, yeah. Caddy Baritz convertible, uh, DeSoto convertibles, I mean, that stuff today is, is bringing crazy money. Yeah, it really is. I have a guess for the trivia, John. All right. Uh, Pontiac Fiero? It could be a Pontiac Fiero, you are right, oh. it is a Pontiac Fiero, uh, and you wow. know they they finally they finally got uh, you know they finally got halfway decent in the last years when I I think when it was a V six the GT version. Um, oh yeah, absolutely nice car yeah. at that point. Well, do you do you speak Spanish? No, no, no. Uh, because I was going to ask you if you knew what Fiero meant in Spanish. I don't know, but I, uh, do you know, John? Well, according to Wikipedia, it means wild or fierce. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And in Italian it means proud. Proud. Okay. Yeah. So Well I, I don't I, I don't I don't know if a Fiero was proud, wild, or fierce actually, but I, uh, I know the mechanics that worked on them hated them. Yeah, yeah, the the, the <laughs> I, it's kind of interesting. I think the four cylinder one, uh if you took it hard around a corner, it didn't have a lot of oil in it. Uh oh. they only had I think they only had about four quarts of oil. That's all that was supposed to be in there. If you took them hard around corners, it would actually starve the oil pump, and it would run the engine out of oil. So how how GM fixed it was they just put a new dipstick in it and added an extra quart of oil, which did nothing for the seals in the engine. God, you gotta love what they dropped up. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and you kind of wonder why you know GM wasn't doing too good in the late eighties. You know? Right, yeah. right. And the, the arrogance of the corporation was just unbelievable. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Stay right there, and uh, Kristen will get your uh, your home address down, and we will uh, we'll get you a prize. Okay, John. Okay. Thank, thank All right. You. Thank you. Happy New Year again. All right. The answer for the car that was started off in the 1980s as a uh, economy two seat commuter car and ended up as a sports car 
was the Pontiac Fiero. It started off in 1984, went to about 1988, originally a four-cylinder car. In the last, in the uh, end years, it was a it was a V6 with sort of a fastback look to it, uh, but it was a mid-engine car. Uh, again, and the uh, the the co- most collectible one was the Fiero GT, which is which are actually still pretty collectible to this day. Speaking of people that want to that buy a lot of cars, well, one person purchased uh, in uh, in the UK bought what's referred to as the Holy Trinity of hybrid supercars, starting with the uh, McLaren P1. And according to the story from Michael Strong, it says, we've all played this game. If money was new, no object, what supercar would you buy? Of course, no one can simply buy one, right? In the case of British multi-millionaire Paul Bailey, he bought a McLaren P1, a Porsche 918 Spider, and a Ferrari LaFerrari. That's a lot of cars. And like so many uh, of us, when we play the hypothetical game, he elected to buy them all. He dropped about $4 million when he bought all the hybrid supercars because he couldn't settle on one. The purchase makes him the only person in the world so far to own all three vehicles, according to media reports. A quick review of the three new purchases, uh, which bring the total number of supercars in a stable to 30, reports uh, according to some claims here. And uh, the P1, which starts at $1.15 million, features a uh, mid-mounted twin-turbo hybrid V8, putting out a total of 903 horsepower. A $1.35 million Ferrari, 949 horsepower. And the uh, 918, uh, it has a V8, and it produces 889 horsepower. So about $4 million. A little bit. So Kristen's going to talk, and she's going to talk like Rick. <laughs> yes, she's so. going to do her best Rick impression. Oh God, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. All right, so I have Rick's question. Okay. And it, he said, um, when a storm comes, you prepare your car. You put the oil in, check the antifreeze, etc. What, um, what are your thoughts, comments about putting blankets or heating pads about in your car for when it breaks down? To hurt my, to help my tired muscles from shoveling. Well, I don't know. I think he just meant like, what should you put in your car to prepare? In case you, in case you in break case down, you break you're stuck down. by the side of the road, and you're, yeah. and you're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is a good idea to actually have an ex, extra warm clothes in your car just in case. Paul Sullivan has his Bruins hat on and his Patriots jacket. Is it's not a Bruins hat? Oh, oh, it's not. Oh, Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I. It, Looked like the right colors. I don't know, but anyway, it's not good even the right colors. Yeah, uh, so I'm colorblind. The Bruins are black. I'm colorblind and gold. Okay, this is gold. I got par- I got half of it right. Anyway, back to my story. You should carry. You should carry um, some warm clothes, warm shoes, gloves, that kind of stuff with your car hat, because the head is the stovepipe of the body. All the heat goes off the top of your head. Um, but also, if you go to, like, a camping supply store or Target or Walmart or someplace like that in the camping department, you can get those uh, space blankets. They look like aluminum foil, but they're multi-layered, uh, and they'll help keep you warm. Hand warmers. If you're somewhat adventurous and you really think you're going to be stuck in the snow for a long time, you can get 
you know, get a bag of tea light candles, little tea light candles, and an empty coffee can. Drop it, drop three tea light candles in the bottom of the coffee can, light them, and that will actually generate a little bit of heat inside the car. So if you're really stuck by the side of the road, uh, that will help. If you are stuck by the side of the road, also make sure that you clean any snow, accumulated snow from the tailpipe of the vehicle because you don't want any carbon monoxide leaking into the car. So be careful of those kind of things, too. Uh, so, you know, really, that's about it. Um, I always like to bring a little shovel with me uh, just in case. I have a little fold-up shovel that I keep in my own car with uh, extra little emergency kit, flashlight, reflective triangles. If you do break down, make sure that you, uh, uh, if you are in your car and there's no place to go, sit in your car, probably the passenger side, if you're by yourself, with your seatbelt on. That way you're going to be, that's probably the, that's a, as safe a place to be, if not the back seat. But make sure you sit with your seatbelt on. And be careful of other people out on the road. Uh, in the... Mass Pike area, Lemonster-ish area. One of our tow truck drivers, contract tow truck drivers, was killed this week because he was working on he was working on getting a car up on the back of a ramp truck, and a truck came by and and hit him and and killed him. So, uh, if you see emergency vehicles or any vehicle by the side of the road, slow down, move over, get out of the way. It's an important thing to do. Before we go, if you would like tickets to the travel show and you were shy and you didn't call in, uh, you can email me at jpaul, J-P-A-U-L, at A-A-A-S-N-E dot com, and I will get you some tickets to the travel show. I think i got six pairs left or something like that. So we'll try to get them out to you. And read today's Globe. You can read my question and answer article as well as uh, Keith Griff's uh, article about the Jeep Renegade. And look, there's Paul Sullivan with his... Uh, Redskins. Redskins hat, not a Bruins hat. Not a Bruins hat. And is There's a reason for the Redskins hat that you didn't ask me. Um, what's the reason for the Redskins hat? Well, there, we were going to be on a road trip after I get off the air to go mm -hmm. to Washington. Yeah. Because it's February vacation. It is February vacation. And yeah. um, uh, we scuttled those plans. Because of the weather? The uncertainty of the weather, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's pretty certain we're going to get a blizzard, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, if we left at one o'clock and yep. headed down, but we don't know what it's doing other places. There's a high wind warning in Baltimore, for example. They don't want uh, high profile vehicles on the road later on. This afternoon. So like, so. say like a Jeep? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. That's not, a, I don't worry about it. We wouldn't be taking the Jeep, we'd be taking the Camry. Oh. Okay. But I worry about the you know, the big those, trucks, those truckers, the big trucks blowing they, over on top of you. I think they disregard high wind warnings, don't you? <laughs> uh, perhaps. Yeah. You know, no, when, that's, that's you what know. I worry about. Yeah. So. And it's all highway. Yeah. And it's a it's a lousy ride in perfect conditions, and so. Yeah. We might go Monday. So, um, speaking of which, oh, you know what I saw? Speaking of optimism, a rainbow? No, better. A, a man on a bicycle right outside. <laughs> I saw somebody on a bicycle Thursday morning, which. <laughs> I, I just felt bad because I just guessed he probably lost his license doing Maybe, something yeah. he probably shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the T wasn't um, yeah. operating the way yeah. it normally yeah. would. Or so, does. um, so are, uh, how long are you going to go to school for? What do you mean? You know, for, oh, oh, like till August? actually in in my district we're not horribly bad. Okay, we've had, we've had six snow days. We, oh, right. we budget for five, so okay, we're like one over right now. Yeah. But it's only February fourteenth. Yeah, this is the last oh, Happy snow Valentine's Day. Yeah, he's yeah. Forgot about that. Now I'd know what I have to go on the way home, and it's not Washington. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, put a note inside your hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, flowers. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, uh, so, so uh, um, we're we're okay. But like Quincy has been out for a yeah. long. Yeah, Boston, Boston, Boston was out yeah. all week, right? They were. Out I think Boston went back on oh, maybe thought, Thursday. Oh, I thought they announced they were going to be closed all oh, week. Oh, maybe they, yeah. I, I missed that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, really? so, so I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, Boston has a couple of, um, you know, with Evacuation Day on, on the 17th of uh, March and Bunker yeah. Hill Day that they have holidays that other districts don't. But April vacation is mm. looking kind of hinky for some people. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Tom Edlam, uh, the school he teaches at, uh, they do virtual snow days. So the kids still have homework and they have to do stuff at home. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. We could do yeah. that. You could do yeah. that, yeah. Hey, so what's up with today. the Irish Parade? The best in Valentine's Day music? Because I know you're prepared for it. Well, you know what you do now. Back in the old days, you had to kind of go through the LPs and things and try find the word love. Now you just put in the computer and search love. And it pops and you get right all up. kinds of good songs. Yeah, there you go. All right. Love. So so the very best in Irish hearts, music with you know, Paul Sullivan in the Irish Hit Parade. Uh, expect a lot of hearts and flowers. How's the Subaru? Looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Works good. Works good. Works good. We'll see. We'll see. We'll know more on uh, next week. Okay. Hey, we got to go. The best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Parade. Coming up next, my name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. Until next week, wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. And happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Bye-bye.